0: Welcome to this week's Talking Flutes Extra, the in-betweeny podcast sandwiched between the real Talking Flute Pods, with Professor of Flute at the Royal Academy of Music in London, Claire Southworth. I'm Jean-Paul Wright, a pretty insignificant flute player who happens to just be your host of the Talking Flutes Extra Pods, and on that subject, a huge, huge thank you to you, our listeners as we've just passed one million streams, yes! Which, for Flute Only Podcast Channel, is pretty, pretty special. So, what do we have for you this week? Well, before I dial in to somebody special in New York, I'd just like to read an email, which has come in from a David Lavinetta from Texas, who says... Dear Talking Flute Podcasts, I'm really liking these and even my mum listens to them now. The question I'd like to ask comes from her. Can we do another podcast on coping with stress as apparently I drive her nuts before I have a flute lesson or performance? I'm kind of nutty like that. (laughs) Well, the first thing that jumps out, David, is your spelling of mum. Because because you write M-O-M, which I know is the way that you spell it over in the States. Whereas over here in England, we write M-U-M. So mom rather than mum. But we have lots of other different um, spellings and pronunciations of word, don't we? Tomato, tomato, and lots of other things. I digress as usual. Claire has asked a son, psychiatrist Dr. Roloff-Joe Stemeyer, to appear again very soon. And I'll be running a podcast, June I believe where I'll be doing some deep relaxing and visualisation exercises. So make sure you tune in then. Um, And some advance notice is that we've also got a free exciting online project coming to fruition, hopefully at the end of June, which will enable all musicians to chill. As in, to chill, to relax, to be really laid back. More updates once we've fixed up the live launch soon. Moving over to my other microphone, and you may be able to hear a little squeak in the background because somebody is on the line. Are they, is there anybody there? Ooh! Um, squeak. <laughs> it's Elsa Nilsson. Yeah. Hey, John Paul. Hey. Oh, that's always nice to have applause, isn't it? Elsa, joining me from New York. What time is yes. it over there?
1: It is 10 a.m.,
0: that's very early for a musician. Bearing in mind musicians, very... not, you flip the days, don't you, musicians?
1: I mean, jazz hours. This is almost still night.
0: <laughs> jazz, jazz hour, yeah. You, you you jazzers don't really. Ten AM is middle of the night for you, isn't it? Yeah. Elsa, yeah. Elsa, we haven't we haven't spoken for 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 for, for weeks, months. Months. Yeah,
1: months. it's sad. We should talk more. Well, yes. Well,
0: I, I never normally have a problem in, on that level, do I?
1: <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be the time zone. Let's.
0: Yeah, so what have you been doing? Oops, what have you been doing? I, I need to change my voice, don't you? Hi, Neil, Elsa. What have you been doing?
1: I've been doing a lot of handstands. They're great. Do, well,
0: do you, yeah. if, if you ask, ask a silly question, I yeah, I should have guessed. i I talked to too many people with you. <laughs> <laughs> Handstands, yeah. yeah.
1: No, I've been um I've been doing a lot of things lately and I actually finished a huge project that I've been working on for years. Yeah. I wrote a book.
0: And I know cuz I saw it online and how many people actually knew about this because it surprised a few of us. Did it? Yeah. Oh. We knew you were talented enough to do it. We all knew that you were gifted. And that you could do it, but you didn't tell anybody.
1: Well, see, the thing is, I wasn't sure I was ever going to finish it. Ah. So I didn't want to tell people about it until I actually knew I was going to finish it. And now it's done. So it exists.
0: And you know, that is a fantastic philosophy. So many many people say, right, I'm going on a diet. I'm going to start on Sunday. So, of course, the whole world knows you're going on a diet. And then when it doesn't work, you fail, don't you? Yeah. And this
1: way, everyone's surprised that I did something that seems like it took a long time, and it did take a long time. But I didn't talk about it really until, I mean, my my friends know about it because I've complained about it, because it was a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So tell me about this book.
1: The book is, it's called Between the Beats. Um, And essentially what it is, is a method book for working on your rhythm as a melodic instrumentalist.
0: Right. And in layman's terms, in simple terms, that means it's a tutor for working on rhythm, yeah?
1: Yes. Um, it's a, it's specifically not about what style you play. It's more about building your relationship to rhythm. And because uh, what I found when I switched from playing classical music to playing jazz was that the rhythm was the hardest part of like, how do I relate to this? And how do I feel like I'm playing inside the music instead of floating on top of it.
0: Right. Hold on there. Playing inside the music, I think everybody will understand that term, won't they? Instead yeah. of just playing the dot that is on the page, the, dif- the difference mm-hmm. between me playing something and you playing something, even though we could play exactly the same dots, is what you do in between, isn't it?
1: Right. And it's where you place them and how they feel. And, you know, to me, music is built of three parts. That's melody, harmony and rhythm. Mm-hmm and we are all equally responsible for all for all of those Um, but in terms of being melodic players we tend to not talk about harmony or rhythm we tend to just talk about the melody
0: yeah because that's what we play isn't it
1: right but the melody intrinsically uses harmony and rhythm to exist so Mm -hmm. if we let if we don't focus on those things ever i feel like there's a big part of uh and amount of depth in the melody that gets lost
0: yeah i i totally get that and i think when you hear really really impressive musicians that move you it's because mm-hmm. they're not just playing the dot are they they're playing the silence they're actually as you say they're playing right. they're emphasizing perhaps a different part within that beat
1: yes and they also like they have the emotional impact and they know they have they have studied the music from all angles
0: yeah. So, so how how did you start? Where did you begin to create a book based around in between the beats?
1: Um, I mean, it's it's divided into a bunch of different sections, and the first two chapters are um, kind of the like relationship building. So, the very first chapter is about how to grow your beat, so how to grow your sensation of where the beat is.
0: Right. Um, Can you explain that just a little bit more? Growth and sensation. Because I think if we're playing in a bog standard four four, for example.
1: Yeah. So yeah, four four is great. Instead of feeling four beats per bar, feel one.
0: Okay, one. And then two, instead two, of having four, this one, rigid two, line. Yep. So is that sort of going one two three four, one two three four, one?
1: Yeah, but instead one, of counting all of that, you just go one. One.
0: Ah, so you've got the one. beats, the, the breakdown in your head.
1: Yeah, right. well, or not even. You're, oh, you're feeling a bigger sense of time.
0: Oh crikey! Space.
1: So one of the things I like to do is actually put the metronome on beat one of every four bars.
0: God, space time continuum. This is crikey! Yeah. So and you- then
1: practice my time with that. So what what that does is that you start to feel that space between the between everything, right? So. If you only have one click every four bars, you have to really make sure that you're in the right place for the rest of the time. And you start to notice when you speed up and when you slow down. And if you don't notice those things, you can't do anything about them.
0: Right. But to get to every four bars, have a click every four bars, that's so disciplined, isn't it?
1: Not really. It's just taking some out. I mean, it takes, it takes time and it takes doing it intentionally. But I mean, I do it. I do it with my scales.
0: All oh, right. Yeah. Already to...
1: practicing scales. Just put the metronome on less.
0: Encouraging the person who buys your book to intrinsically feel the beat.
1: Yes. Um, one one thing that I really like as an image, um, because what I was saying, but like playing inside the music. Yeah. There's this concept that uh, gets talked about a lot in groups based music that is tension on the time yes and how do you develop that and what is that like it's not it's not a tension it's not a physical tension you don't want to be tense when you're playing because that can lead to injury and all sorts of bad things um but it's a sensation of tension on the rhythm where you feel like your note has a lot of weight yes it's kind of like a gravitational pull type of feeling yeah Um, And some players have it and some don't and how to work on that. But the image I really love about that is if you're in a band and say you're four people and everyone's holding hands with each other and everyone's leaning out. So no one's actually using their own muscles to stand. They're just holding on to each other's hands. Now if one person lets go, everyone falls, right? Yep. The same thing happens musically. That tension of everyone leaning out from where the beat is if everyone's holding on to the beat, everyone's taking the same responsibility for it. That's where tension on the time comes from.
0: This is going to resonate with everybody. Time tension, beat tension. Mm-hmm. So how do you break that down? Do you, obviously I haven't seen the book yet, but do you break it down into vi- very sort of visual imagery? Like you've just mentioned about group of four people. I, I
1: do. Um, I also, there's a bunch of exercises Right. Or how to actually work on that. And that's the thing I was talking about, about extending the beat, uh, extending the time between the metronome beats. Gotcha. It's like, that's the way to work on that. And you can do that with anything. You can do that with Bach. I, I love doing that with Bach, actually. It's really satisfying because you get this sensation that you're flying between when you have to be grounded rhythmically.
0: Yeah, and that would obviously help with Bach because a, a lot of people feel very Disciplined with it, don't they? And then they, yeah. their tension, their beat tension, is self-induced because they feel as though a beat should be at a certain point, and then they right. lose the flexibility and the freedom that you need to have within that genre of music. Mm-hmm. So before we go any further, Elsa. Yes. We did a really good podcast in uh, the NFA, and you are still the recipient of the Jazz Artist Award, aren't you? It's true. So why didn't you write a jazz book? Why didn't I write a jazz book? Yeah. Because
1: some people might get really mad at me for saying this, but I don't necessarily think in terms of styles. I think that I, I consider myself to be a musician before I'm a flute player or before I'm a jazz musician explicitly. All of these styles are so dissect into like this is how you play if you play jazz this is how you play if you play classical this is how you play if you play funk i think that's really diminishing
0: yeah and that encompasses you because you are not a jazz player
1: right i'm not any of those things i play what i i play what i hear and a lot of a lot of what i hear does fit into the jazz idiom more than it fits into the classical idiom but But that could be said about rock too it's I play improvised music, I play music that has an improvised context to it, and I used jazz music, and I love love jazz, but that's where I learned how to be who I am musically. But I'm not a standards player.
0: No, and I think I mentioned to you after your uh, performance in the competition that you did a middle movement of a piece, and it was really hollow, and it really Mm -hmm. wasn't jazz until you decided to start experimenting as you went along. Um, right,
1: that's that's an interesting thing, though. Like, what is jazz actually?
0: Uh, oh, oh, crikey! Yes.
1: Yeah, because there's that's another one of those. Like, we have we're so intent on defining things, and I don't necessarily think that that's always helpful. And the reason I didn't write a jazz book also is because Sharp Eye's written amazing jazz books. Yeah, he has. I yeah, I don't feel like there needs to be more of those, and I really felt there was a need for this, not just in jazz, but for any style of music because what, what I've tried to do with this book is give people something that they can work on that will make them feel more grounded no matter what they're playing.
0: So that's grounded with the beat and if you're grounded with the beat then you're happy within the beat, is that the point?
1: Partially, um, if you're grounded in the beat it's much easier to play with other people
0: oh yeah oh right i've got you now yes
1: yeah um and it's also for other people to like if you're playing with someone and you feel like you have to babysit them rhythmically
0: that's fun. <laughs> it's like a bad drummer isn't it you don't know want yeah. b- nobody wants a bad drummer
1: and that's like that's the life of a drummer they feel like they have to babysit the melody player because yeah. they because the melodic instrument isn't thinking about those things and we're all responsible for all of it like there's a lot of drummers who don't play with who don't play melodically yeah and that's just as much of a hindrance to making the music really shine
0: right so as thinking about the book that you've written have you got a simple exercise you could i know i'm in london you're in new york and we're talking over a (laughs) a telephone link is there a simple exercise you could describe for our listeners to think about or to do
1: absolutely um I mean, I I started to describe this, but the the one of growing your beats. Yes. So you start with your metronome at sixty.
0: Mhm.
1: And play your Taffenelgaber scale. Yep. That should be pretty easy. If you're, you know, if that's an easy scale for you, that will be easy doing it with the metronome at sixty. Yep. Then take out every other. So put your metronome at thirty. Yeah. And your metronome will be taking on the half notes only. So yep. on one and three. Mhm. Then play the same scale, same tempo, take out another one. So now you're at 15. Right. And that's one per bar. And depending on what metronome you're using, you can take out more and more. Mm -hmm. So that's how you get to one click every four bars. I use a metronome called Synced, Mm -hmm. S-Y-N-K-D, that I've actually built uh, metronome tracks for everything. Every exercise in the book has a metronome track in there already programmed. Right. But you can do this with any metronome and you can, as long as you can slow it down, um, there's like the pro metronome app, you can just take beats out forever.
0: Do you know Elsa, conceptually, this is brilliant because as a flute player myself, I've always suffered and I don't know whether it's over excitement or under excitement is I can honestly put my hands up and say, my timing has always been an issue.
1: That's true for most flute players, and I don't think that that's necessarily an issue of the flute. I think it's like how we're taught. Yeah. And what we're taught to think of as important. Yeah. And that's that's another thing. I just uh, I taught. I got to do two weeks at WVU, West Virginia University, which was absolutely incredible. The students there were so good, just amazing musicians and really excited and really you know engaged and every single one of them there was something rhythmic that was holding them back in their pieces but when we looked at it together they did not realize it was the rhythm
0: (laughs) oh crikey
1: so i would just take it apart with them and then we would work on just the rhythm because they had worked so hard on getting the notes right and the phrasing and all of this stuff that they completely just like missed that there was a rhythmic component that was actually the thing throwing them off
0: you're, you're exactly right in many uh, certainly when I was growing up it was all about the notes mm-hmm. the rhythm was obviously very important but the fluidity of a passage was always quite hard for me to start with until I sort of muscle memory kicked in and I knew all my scales and studies but even right. then if you slow it slowed it down there was inconsistencies within the fluidity of the notes
1: right And that's where the precision is. And that's that's another thing that I talk about in the book is how to how to play the notes in a way that actually translates how you intend for them to translate, how you want them to come across.
0: This sounds like a very much needed journal, my dear.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) How big is it?
1: Um, it's about, you know, hundred and thirty pages or so. Oh crikey. <laughs> it's a volume, yeah.
0: And where can where can people buy it?
1: Um they can buy it on my label's website, which is bumblebeecollective.com. Mm-hmm. Um they can also buy it through Flute Centre has a few copies and I'm gonna send some to you, right?
0: You'll send some to us and I will put it in one of the London flute shops. Yes brilliant well you probably you probably won't know but I'm coming to the end of another week to go of a 12-month sabbatical without playing oh wow yeah it's on purpose it's because I wanted to know how long it took to get your chops back after you've been haven't been playing for a long time because there's so many people out there that used to play and are too scared to come back to playing because they don't think they'll be able to do it
1: that's a really kind public service for you to do (laughs) it
0: Well, I, I,
1: no, I'm I'm being sincere. That's really nice of you.
0: <laughs> it's whether I'm brave enough to record it, to record the noise. I, I'm actually due to start next week, which is going to be very interesting. Oh, I can't wait to hear. That. <laughs> I don't know if I'm brave enough. So your book would, yes. because after a year, a year out, then your book would. I think I can start. Not say so necessarily start from scratch, but it, mm-hmm. it, it enabled me to. Be childlike again and be open to new ideas and new thought processes.
1: Yeah.
0: So I can give you direct feedback. Great. (laughs) I'm a lost lost cause, my lady. I'm a lost cause.
1: No, no one's a lost cause. (laughs) That's not a real thing.
0: (laughs) You have links um, to everything from your website, do
1: you? I do. Yes.
0: And your website is?
1: ElsaNilsonMusic.com um, if you Google Elsa, like the princess from Frozen and Flute, you'll find me.
0: You will do. And the Nilsson has got two S's. Yes.
1: N-I-L-S-S-O-N. The yeah. Swedish spelling. Very Swedish.
0: As as you are indeed very Swedish. The, yep. The Swedish lady living in New York. Elsa, this morning I was listening to one of your CDs. Ooh. Already there yet. Oh, well, that's an old one. It is. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting this, this from you, because I, I, th- I, th- I thought I'd heard all yours, but you've given me a couple of copies of this. It's really interesting.
1: Thank you. I'm glad you
0: enjoyed it. I did. Now, I'd like to play a track. Okay. Obviously, for our listeners, I know it's an old one, but, you know, the Elsa, in fact, all musicians, not just Elsa, all musicians are the sum of the parts, aren't they? And we've all we've all progressed, don't we? We all add layers on. Can you remember yeah. that? Can you remember that album? Was that too too long ago?
1: Um, I can sort of remember it. It was
0: because it's quite funny because it's written in Swedish. So you have uh, <laughs> You have uh, alt, oh yeah, a lot of
1: Swedish folk songs on there.
0: Yeah, alt under Himmelens fasti.
1: <laughs> alt under Himmelens feste, That's right.
0: Yeah, clone. I understand clone. Yep. Uti Vag huggy.
1: Uttifurhage?
0: Who? Uttifurhage?
1: Yes. Uh, oh, a there's a, there's this wonderful radio show you should listen to sometimes, somehow, <laughs> with uh, a British guy trying to learn Swedish. Oh, really? It's amazing. It's so funny. He swears a lot, but it's so funny.
0: <laughs> What's it called?
1: I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure that that's another googleable thing. I'll find it for you. I'll send it to you.
0: Okay, yeah. well, there's one more word here. It's another track on your album.
1: Is it Glance?
0: Fiske Fiskeskars melodin.
1: <laughs> oh, fiskeskars melodin. That's right. Um, that's kind of a funny story. That's um, it's a lullaby called Bisan Lul. But the this great lyricist wrote lyrics to it, which it's why it's Bisan Lul. His name is tob, And uh, since there's no lyrics, I didn't feel like I could say it was his song mm-hmm. because it's not the part of the song that is his song. It's the part that is the folk melody. So Fisky Crash Melodon is that melody, and that melody is actually super fascinating because it comes up in so many different folk music traditions that are not
0: linked. That's not linked?
1: Yeah, like that melody, I've played that melody in bands that did, I played it in a Ukrainian punk band I used to play in, in Seattle, and it's a Ukrainian folk song too.
0: Hang on, Elsa, Elsa. Punk band.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, Ukrainian <laughs> punk. Have you never heard of Ukrainian punk?
0: <laughs> Ukrainian <laughs> punk. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was really fun.
0: Oh, you're mad! You're mad.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to argue that.
0: <laughs> so, shall I play uh, a little bit of the uh, Fiskeskvadmilladen? Sure. And so, when when we finish this, we'll sign off with. That piece of music from Elsa's album, and it is absolutely lovely, called Already There Yet, and it's the Elsa Nilsson Quintet, and no doubt, again, the links are to Elsa's website. Yes. So, what you got coming up, Elsa?
1: I'm making another record, actually.
0: Right, and... Um, is this again a free thought one you're going to disappear into the recording studio with your guys and see what comes out or you
1: no we have a we have a very clear vision for this one
0: really? um
1: yeah yeah it's actually you you're gonna laugh you ready yeah okay it's a rock record
0: <laughs> <laughs> nothing surprises <laughs> me with you this is compared to the um, last it's still, one
1: it's still jazz but it's like it's like gonna be a heavier record and i'm trying to I'm exploring guitar pedals and extended techniques to make the flute more of a lead guitar presence.
0: And you've got a very good friend of yours doesn't live too far away from you.
1: Melissa is a wonderful human and a great resource (laughs) when it comes to pedals.
0: That's Melissa Keeling, everybody, the great flute player who plays with pedals.
1: We're actually doing a thing together at the NFA this summer.
0: You are, aren't you? I'm not going. Aww. No.
1: Is the red cup coming at
0: least? The red cup is coming, yes. What? The red cup. Yeah, I won't be coming. I'm. I'm, I'm shh, shh. No, nobody's listening to this. But um, I'm taking a vacation. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> how what can I, how how can I miss the NFA for a vacation?
1: I understand completely.
0: <laughs> Elsa, it's been beautiful to talk to you. I'm completely fascinated with this book. <laughs> and I thank look forward to re- I look for, really look forward to receiving a copy just because it looks like you may have touched on a concept that I have yet to see in a book
1: that's a big part of why it was important to me to finish it is because I felt like the book was really needed and there wasn't anything like it
0: well congratulations on a keeping it quiet <laughs> b doing it in the first place and c completing it thank you very much jean Paul and I do you know, we'll have to touch base again soon because I'd I'd just love to keep you up to date with um whether it works for me. Shh, sh sh. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it will be. I mean, if if the mind is open if the mind's like a parachute, in other words, always open, mm-hmm. then it will work.
1: Something will happen.
0: Yeah, well I've got to actually learn to where to put my fingers now next, haven't I? Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: this can make you happy. A lot of the exercises are very slow and only on one note.
0: <laughs> oh, so no flight the bumblebee to start with. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Elsa, <laughs> it's wonderful to speak to you as always. You too. And take care and we'll speak again soon.
1: Absolutely. I'd love that.
0: beautiful music and what a lovely lady Elsa is so please take a few moments and go and take a look at her website elsanilsonmusic.com. and also take the opportunity to invest in her wonderful new tutor book between the beat Claire returns with her talking flutes podcast next week where she is looking at the beautiful sweet antique by John Rutter so until then Thank you for listening, and may your coming week bring you much joy and musical fulfilment. Goodbye.